this is such a strange gospel, isn't it? Because Jesus, who is usually so uh, available and, and open and kind, um, why does he respond in this way to this woman? Let us first understand a couple of things. The first one is that he is in a, in a pagan region where people are not Jewish, they don't have the Jewish faith and the same background. So he probably went there to have more uh, time with his disciples. They were completely, you know, swarmed by, uh, by people who wanted to be healed. So he needed time away and he went to that region that wasn't Jewish where people would not recognize him. And the second one is have the principle in mind that the highest good that Christ wants to to nourish or cultivate in each person is faith, is the right faith and the right relationship with God. Even when he does a miracle, the, the ultimate purpose is that that miracle will awaken or strengthen faith and and strengthen the, the confidence and that you know covenant relationship with God. So if someone would obtain a miracle without really attaining faith, that would be a sort of uh, disaster for Jesus. It would be the worst thing, that he would give his blessings and they would be kind of simply utilized, right? So this woman approaches him without having much notion of faith. But, you know, he just approaches him as a, as, a, as a man of God or a prophet or a seer, someone with special powers. Uh, but maybe the question in the mind of Christ is, well, you're asking me, this miracle to heal your daughter, but in this point of desperation, you might go to anybody. Anybody who would heal your daughter, you would pledge allegiance. <laughs> Even if the, you would ask a demon to heal her and the demon would heal your daughter, then you would be, uh, worship that uh, that evil being. And so that, that, that may be a case. You know, some people are so desperate that whoever will respond to their request. And so it's a sort of, you know, it may turn into a not the right faith, but a sort of, uh, I need some power that will give me what I want, you know, and, and whoever that is, that will have my, you know, it's also ultimately a way of not seeking the, the right worship, but to seek my will or what I need. In this case, it's a pretty legitimate thing, but it can also be other things. You know, I, I want success in this thing, or I can get this job, or solve this problem, or get rid of my people who are opposed to me. Um, so Jesus wants to clear that danger. And a way to do that, I think, that trying to go to the logic behind this, this sort of conversation, is that he says, well, the people of Israel have already gone through a filter. You know, they have already... They, they receive special blessings from God, but they already, in exchange for receiving those blessings, they have, in a way, humbled themselves. They have, they have entered the covenant. They have surrendered that desire to, to obtain, you know, uh, to do things their way. They have already sub submitted, subjected themselves to, to God's authority and guidance. Uh, and that in turn, God will bless them, you know. Okay. Uh, now, those who don't have that, who are not part of that covenant, like this pagan woman, um, Jesus might think, well, I want to see whether you are willing to do some act of humility and uh, whether you, in some turn, you know, you will receive a blessing from me, but will you also humble yourself to some extent? Um, and that's, that, that's where he poses a challenge. And the woman actually responds in the best way. He says, well, 
Lord, you have, it's true, uh, I acknowledge what you have done adopting Israel as your, as your child, as your children. But even other peoples <laughs> will you know, benefit from the scraps that fall from their table. And the response is admirable. And Jesus says that, you know, to truly have that, you know, we agree, we have the same vision that I have, you value the same things that I value, and you accept God's, the unfolding of God's plan, and therefore you will be granted what you were asking, because you've taken that step of humility. I think also, finally, that Christ doesn't want to make light of uh, the fact that he established a covenant. He wanted to create this profound relationship with Israel. He adopted them as their children, his children, and so, and promised them to be with them, to bless them in a special way. So when someone outside of that covenant comes, kind of ignoring that, approaching him as if, you know, imagine like some stranger coming to a person, a man, and saying to him, Dad, give me this, you know. You might say, wait a second, you're, I'm not your dad. <laughs> I'm, you know, I may want to help you, but I'm not your father. So uh, cannot approach me as one of my children. So I think in a way also what Christ is kind of jumping at here is saying, well, well, hold on a second, I have established a special closeness with my people, Israel, but other people cannot just approach me as if they were part of the household. So in a sense, he doesn't want to make light of that very sacred covenant he has established with great sacrifices and great you know, planning and great you know, efforts. He doesn't want to make light of that. Not so much that he wants to exclude people because the ultimate end of the covenant is to include everybody and bless uh, others kind of overflowing, but initially he doesn't want those steps to be taken lightly. Okay, this is a very danger difficult passage, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of challenging, but uh, especially to our sensibility today, but I think I wanted to um, unpack some of the keys that would help us understand it. And if you have more questions, you can always ask me and we can <laughs> talk a bit more about it. Well, I hope you can relate to it in some way, meditate this with the scripture and uh, especially thanking the Lord for being in such a privileged covenant with him.